Open up your Bible with me this morning to the book of Luke chapter 19, verse 10. Since I'm heading on this mission trip, I thought I would just stir my own self up a little bit. I don't know if I can stir you up, but I'm going to stir up myself. Amen. Uh, I'm going to preach on going into all the world, preaching the gospel to every creature. <laughs> That's deeply inside of my heart. And, and Jesus gave me this ministry to be a soul winner. That's right. I consider myself a soul winner because that's what I'm called to do. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with telling folks what you've been called to do. I've been called to win souls. That's right, amen. I've been called to pastor this church. Yes. But one of my greatest calling is to win souls. Yes. I know some pastors that say, I, I used to go out into the streets and drug neighborhoods and set up tents and try to win souls. And, and I, I told them I was a pastor. They said, you a pastor and you doing all that? I said, yes. What's wrong with a pastor winning souls? That's right. They said, well, we don't feel like we called to that. We just called to, to keep the sheep in the, you know, together. I'm like, man. I said, that ain't what Jesus was like. No. Jesus was, he, actually Jesus fulfilled the five-fold ministry. Yes. In Ephesians chapter 4, it speaks of the five-fold ministry that he gave to the church. And he said some would be apostles, some would be prophets, some would be evangelists, and some would be pastors, and some would be teachers. Yes. But Jesus fulfilled all five of those offices. He was the <laughs> apostle and high, high priest of our confession. He was a prophet. He was an evangelist, he was a pastor, and he was a teacher. It's rare that you find someone these days that's had all five of those uh, gifts that's been given to the church. But uh, Jesus was very much an evangelist. The Bible says in Luke chapter 19 and verse 10 that Jesus Christ come to seek and to save those that were lost. That's right. Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 10, verse 19, I mean 19, 10. Yeah. Sorry. Jesus said he came to seek and to save those that were lost. Jesus was very much a soul winner. Every day he woke up, he was wondering how he could, how he could bring somebody to him. How he could save a soul. The Bible says in John chapter 3, verse 16 and verse 17. The Bible says, Jesus said, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Now I love what verse 17 says. For God did send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That's right, Let me tell you, you'll never be able to be a soul winner if you go to people with the spirit of condemnation on you. That's right. You don't go to condemn people. Yes, they are guilty. Yes, they have sinned. But you don't go to them in that type of spirit to point your finger at them. That's right. You go with love in your heart. You go, hallelujah, with the, with the message of the gospel of the kingdom. Hallelujah. And if we preach Jesus Christ and lift up Jesus Christ in this world, hallelujah, the Holy Spirit will bear witness with that message and he will bring people and draw people unto Jesus Christ. But you've got to preach the right message. Amen? Amen. I ain't never had a problem winning souls 
if I lift up Jesus right. Amen. That's right. Amen. Come on now. Amen. If I tell them about the true Jesus, hallelujah, and, and lift him up, and I and the higher you can lift him up, hallelujah, the Holy Spirit got something to work with. That's right, amen. If you have to say Jesus 5,500 times in one message, lift him up. That's right, amen. I hear some people preach sometime, and all they say is God this and God that. And, I, and they go through a whole sermon and didn't say Jesus but one time. That's right. But that ain't what the Bible says. Yes. Hallelujah. The Bible said that Jesus said, if I be lifted up, all men will be drawn unto me. Yes. We got to preach the name above every name. Yes. Hallelujah. And whenever you just say God, here's the problem with that. As an evangelist, I see it. Yes. Hallelujah. When you pray, you don't just, just don't say God. No. I'm very critical about this because... If Jesus said if we lift up his name, we pray in his name. It's the name above every name. That's right. Amen. But whenever you just say God, the Bible said there are many gods in this world. Right. So which God are you talking about? Yeah. But when I say Jesus Christ, hallelujah, I am pinpointing what God I'm lifting up. Amen. 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 Oh, and if you want to make the devil mad. That's right. Just lift up the name above every name. Yes. Lift up Jesus. If you don't ask me, go to the schoolhouse and just start talking about Jesus. That's right. Hallelujah. They'll, they'll post stuff on the board about Buddha and they'll post stuff on the, on the board about Muhammad yes. and won't, have, won't stir up no conflict. But the minute you write J-E-S-U-S on the board, hallelujah, you'll have everybody showing up at the principal's yes. office saying they can't say that name. That's right. Why? Because that name is the only name Ooh, that has destroyed the devil, his angels, and hell. Hallelujah. The name of Jesus Amen. Christ. Amen. That's the only name a man can get saved in. That's right. Amen. The Bible says, I think it's Acts chapter, is it 412 or 512? It says, there's no other name given among men by which we must be saved. Right. No other name. Amen. You can't get saved in the name of Hunger. Mm-hmm. You can't get saved in the name of Buddha. You can't get saved in the, in the name of Hindu. But Jesus Christ. Amen. Yes. He's the Messiah. Amen. Hallelujah. So, uh, look at Luke chapter 10, verse 1 through 4. I'm glad to see you, Brother Neil, this morning. You came at the right time. So. Good to see you. <laughs> Brother Neil Hathaway's in the house, Jesus. He sold one or two. This morning, we're going to talk a little bit about the harvest. Yes. The harvest. This, this church, when I, Jesus called me into pastor, and what you want to name the church? What, what are we going to name the church? Jesus, what do you want to name the church? Holy Spirit, what you want to name the church? And he said, harvest time. Mm-hmm. Harvest time. That's all I kept getting. Harvest time, harvest time, harvest time, harvest time. Because that's what he's called me to do is win the harvest. That's right. Get into the fields. When you're thinking about the harvest, we ain't talking about wheat, we ain't talking about barley, we ain't talking about corn. We're talking about souls. Amen. Spiritually speaking, the harvest Jesus is talking about is winning souls into the kingdom of God. That's right. Y'all, I don't know what you looking for when you go to church or what kind of church you're looking for, but you need to always find a church that's interested in saving souls. Amen. If they ain't interested in saving souls and got a mission program, 
I don't. I mean, if, if if we ain't careful, we can turn our churches into country clubs. Yeah. Just social events. Preach it. To where we can just show up and, and, tell, and pat everybody on the back and go home and, and live like any kind of way we want to live and just be a social club. But Jesus don't want us, the church, to be a social club. The church is supposed to be a workstation. Amen. Yes. Amen. A workstation. Yes. It means we got to get something done for the kingdom of God. We got to work. The Bible said work might still date. Amen. 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 We got to put our hand to the plow and not look back. Yes. Plowing ain't easy. Mm -hmm. Any of y'all ever tried it? Yes, not for me. Most of us in here I don't know what a plow looks like. <laughs> they think the peas came in a came from from a can, but no, peas came from a field somewhere. Yes. Corn didn't come in a can. Corn came on on on, on the kernel. Yes. Out in a field somewhere. Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 10, verse 1 through 4. It says, After these things, the Lord appointed, Jesus appointed 70 others also, and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Then he said to them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among the wolves. I send you out as lambs among the wolves. A lot of people ask me from time to time, aren't are, Aren't you afraid to go to Uganda at this time? That there's so much chaos in the world? Ain't you troubled about going to Southeast Asia right now? Isn't it dangerous over there? But Jesus said it would be dangerous. Yes. He said, I'm going to send you out as lambs among wolves. I don't know what y'all know about wolves, but they love lamb meat. Yes. Right. Come on. Yes. Listen, they love to chase down a lamb yes. and to have it for supper. And Jesus said, I'm sending you out into the, where the wolves are. Mm. And you're a lamb. Hallelujah. Yes, there is some danger in it. But, hallelujah, it's necessary yes. that you go out amongst the wolves That's and preach right. the gospel to every creature. That's right. You don't worry about the danger. That's right. You don't worry about if you're coming home or you ain't coming home. Amen. That's all in the hands of the Lord. Yes, it is. Amen. Amen. If Jesus ain't big enough to keep me, I'm going on home. That's amen. right, amen. If it's my time to go, I go. Hallelujah. If I stay, I stay. If I go, I go. Yes. But you got to go preach the gospel to every creature. You don't worry about this thing called fear. Yes. Fear is an immobilizer. It will keep you from ever answering your call or doing anything for God, this thing called fear. Hallelujah. We are not given the spirit of fear by Jesus, but we have been given the spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. Amen. 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 What do we do with fear? We walk on it. That's right. We stomp on it. Amen. And we keep going forward in the face of the wolf zone. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus said he appointed 70 others. After he appointed the 12, he also appointed 70 others. He was building a, a, a soul winning team. 
He was building a team that would be followers of him. And he anointed them, appointed them to go and to preach the gospel. And he sent them out two by two. Yeah. There's safety in two. Mm -hmm. When me and Brother Kenny go to Asia or we go to Africa, we always together. Mm -hmm. Two by two, two by two, two by two. Sometimes we ain't on the same plane. Hallelujah. But we, all, we, we meet up and we work together. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. So that's scriptural. Go two by two. And Jesus said something about the harvest. He said, the harvest truly is great. Yeah. Yes. If you live in a box, you don't see how great that harvest is. That's right. That's right. But if you ever travel, or if you ever look up the statistics yeah. on the computer of the Christian population in the world, you'll find out they still a lot of people, and mainly in the 1040 window yes mm -hmm. that ain't never heard of jesus before mm -hmm. the mid-east yes. saudi arabia yes iraq iran yep. uh israel uh china vietnam cambodia thailand there's hardly any christians in this in these four parts of the world and jesus said in, in matthew chapter 24 and verse 14 he said in this gospel must be preached into every nation as a witness, and then the end shall come. This gospel, this message, has to reach to all people groups, hallelujah, throughout the world, before the end will come. Yeah. I didn't say it, Jesus said it. Right. And Jesus put, put a post, uh, a stamp on it. <laughs> that means he approved the message. Yes. <laughs> so, look at the field. John chapter 4, verse 35, Jesus said, look at the fields. He said, the fields are already white for harvest. He said, don't say there's still four more months till the harvest. He said, have some sense. Look out there over the field. The field is already ripe. It, it, it's ripe. It's ready for harvest. Don't say we're going to delay it. Listen, if you know anything about farming, if you know anything about farming, you understand everything you do that precedes the harvest, everything was always about the end, the harvest. That's right. The sowing of the seed, the plowing of the field, the, the, the spraying the crop, everything only was for one thing. That the harvest would be good. That's right. That the harvest would be good. If y'all ride around Madison right now, or Morgan County, the outskirts of, of uh, the black pavement area, I'm talking about the city, because in the city you ain't gonna see no cotton. You ain't gonna see no cotton growing in Walmart parking lot. There's some in Boston. If you get on out into Boswick, yes. in the Greensboro, yes. in the outskirts of town, you'll see, hallelujah, the fields are white for harvest. Yes. I don't know about y'all, but I've been looking at the harvest. Mm -hmm. All I see out there in these cotton fields, right? it's cotton season right now. Yes. It's time for the harvest of cotton to come in. And when you look out there over the field, man, I mean, it's white. Them cotton balls are on that plant and they're all through the field. And I believe that's what Jesus was showing his disciples. He said the harvest is white. It's ready. you got to get out there now and go bring it in. Yeah. 
Hallelujah. Amen. It's harvest time. Amen. It's harvest time. Amen. You can't sit back in your rocking chair and think the harvest is going to get into the barn. Yes. The harvest requires work. Yes. Amen. 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 Back in the old days, I was talking to my family when my uncle passed, and they told me that my daddy used to be used to pick cotton by hand. And they said, your daddy could pick about more cotton than anybody in, in Coffee County. He could pick 200 pounds of cotton in a day. I said, well, I didn't know that. They said, man, we were doing good to get 50 or 60. And they said, our fingers were bleeding. Picking that cotton, it's tough. It's hard work. Uh, and, and, and you know they paid you by weight when you put the cotton in the bag they weighed the bag and you know what some of the cotton pickers were doing they cheating putting rocks in the bag and dirt in the bag so when they weighed the bag it looked like they had more cotton in there but if they emptied the bag they had half cotton, half dirt and half rocks that's a cotton picking thief <laughs> You know, so, I, we got a lot of people today love to cut corners. They won't do nothing right. That's facts. Can I have an amen? Amen. amen. Oh, yes. I mean, you tell them, you train them in a job and tell them to do yep. this, that, and the other, and next thing you know, they just skipped step one yep. and two you did and went straight to three. Yep. All they want to do is pick up a check on Friday and do nothing for it. That's right. Yes. Y'all don't shout me down because I'm preaching good. We're not. I'm chucking the corn in the house this morning. <laughs> I mean, all the way down to the colonel. Amen. But I'm staring myself up because I'm finna get on a plane. Yes. And I'm finna go preach Jesus into yes. a foreign country. Yes. And is that biblical? Jesus said in, in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, he said, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every Creature. Sure, yes. Man, I tell you what, Harvest Time Church here in Madison, Georgia, we understand what the Great Commission is. Yes. Some folks don't care about the Great Commission. They think it was a suggestion instead of a commandment. But Jesus gave it as a commandment. That's right. And not, it ain't a suggestion. It is for the church to go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Yes. It don't matter what color they are. That's right. It don't matter how much money they got. Right. It don't matter how much education they got. Hallelujah. It don't matter if they're big, small, or tall. They all need the gospel. That's Amen. right. Amen. Of Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus said, he's looking for a go-go church. That's right. Yeah. A go-go church. In this world that we live in, we got go-go cars, go-go trucks, go-go phones, go-go trains. Go go planes. Yes. Go go girls. <laughs> what Jesus is looking for is a go go church. Yes, he said, Go ye in all the world. Preach the gospel to every creature. Amen. But we got too many sit by and wait yes. churches. Yes. They don't understand how plenteous or how great the harvest is. That's right. If they understood it, they would be mobilizing their army of Christ yes. to go into the harvest field and reap the end time harvest. That's right. Because we living in the end time yes. harvest. Yes. Yes. Jesus is to call this thing 
He finna shut it all down. That's right. He gonna shut it all down. He's coming again. The rapture gonna take place. And once the fields are still great, they still it's still in the it's still in the field. Yes, it is. And a lot of people don't understand when the harvest is ripe. A heart a farmer understands this. You gotta get out there now and get it. I got a son-in-law down in Barney, Georgia, that that farmed over four thousand acres of farmland. Soybeans, peanuts, and the majority of it is cotton. That's how he makes his living. He farms all year long. You know what kind of hours he's been pulling lately? Oh yeah. He gets up at the crack of dawn. Yes. And he might get home at 9, 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night. If it's still dry, he's still running that cotton combiner out there getting that cotton. Yes. He's been working and he can't see his wife, can't see his child. Hallelujah. He's got to get in there and get the harvest while it's there. Yes. I know it's aggravating for the wife. I know it's hard on the child. But a farmer understands if you don't get it, something else will get it. That's right. That's right. Amen. Amen. You yes. got to get the harvest. Here's the thing you got to watch out for if you don't get it. Yes. Well, number one is the devil sees the harvest. Yep. And he don't want you to get it. He wants it to die in the field. That's right. Yep, that's right. He wants it to rot away in the field. On the street. That's the souls. Yes. He don't want these souls saved in the world. That's right. He don't want nobody to get on fire for God and to preach the word of God and preach Jesus Christ to the world. He'd rather the gospel not be preached because if the gospel ain't preached, people can't get saved. That's right. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 14, how, how shall they be saved in whom they have not heard? How shall they believe in whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? How shall a preacher go unless he be sent? That's right, amen. Y'all understand how this works? Amen. Amen. Somebody got to say something. That's right, amen. Oh, here we go. The harvest. If you don't get it, why it's in the field? Things will destroy it. Yes. The weather. The weather. Every year, my son-in-law, I prayed with him. He's got all that. He's put all this work in. Plowing, sowing the seed, spraying, everything that he can do to make sure he's got the finest cotton in the state of Georgia. He's doing his best. Now, but every year, around September, when it's about to get harvest time, guess what comes along? The weather. Hurricane season. Oh, I'm telling you, if a farmer ain't ever prayed, he starts praying then. Whenever he sees that this thing might destroy his whole, everything he's worked for all year long. His harvest is ready, it's ripe, and now here comes a 150 mile an hour wind coming through Valdosta, Georgia. Mm. In case you don't know where Barney is, Barney's sitting right outside of Valdosta, Georgia. Mm -hmm. And every year, we have to pray, yes. Lord, spare his crop. Yes. Turn that hurricane. Because yes. if it don't, it's going to blow that cotton over. That's right. It won't come back. It will destroy everything that he's worked for. So if you don't get out there, 
you got to watch out for the things that will destroy the harvest. And one of them is weather. Flood water. Hurricanes. The next one, if you leave it in the field and don't go harvest, the sun will wither it. Yes. The sun will destroy it. The next one, pestilence. Yeah. Bugs infested. Bugs would come and destroy your harvest. The Bible said the canker worm and the locust would destroy the, 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 the produce. You've got to watch out for these things because if, it's, if the harvest is ripe, you've got to go get it. You've got to also remember it'll rot in the field if you don't go get it. The animals, listen, they hogs down there in South Georgia. Mm -hmm. Wild hogs. <laughs> and listen, they will root up and tear up a field. Amen. So you got to watch out for them also. They got all kind of things. It's always trying to destroy the harvest. Guess what, y'all? The harvest affects everybody. Whether you're a farmer or you ain't a farmer. That's right. Listen, if they don't do well, you don't have nothing to eat at, at Angles. That's right. That's right. Yes. Amen. Y'all hear me? Amen. Somebody had to get out there and get it. Mm -hmm. Y'all need to be praying for your farmers. That's right. If I got any farmers looking at me by media, I want you to know we love you and we appreciate you very much for all that you do uh, to bring in the harvest that we might have something on our tables for our family. Mm -hmm. We love you and we appreciate you. Mm -hmm. Amen. So the harvest is very important. Uh, I had a friend, his name was Norman. He had a missionary work he was doing in Guyana, South America. I've been to Guyana, South America. I know exactly what he went through and what he, what, what he was doing. And where we were working at, we were way down the river channels. Every church that we went to, it was down the, it was down the rivers. Mm -hmm. And to get to where the rivers were, we had to travel for about five hours by boat. To get down into the rivers. I'm talking about rivers. The, the surrounding area was nothing but a jungle. It was my first missionary trip. Mm -hmm. I really jumped on a doozy. <laughs> I jumped into the jungle. I didn't have no idea what I was doing. But I was having a good time. Mm -hmm. We got in these boats. We loaded up. And we headed down through there. And uh, crossed the ocean. Got into the river channels. And we were way back into the middle of the woods. These people were, you might as well say, primitive. They didn't have, on these islands we went to, they didn't have no cars. They didn't have no phones. They didn't have no electricity. They didn't have no newspapers. They wasn't no newspapers delivered out there. They had no contact with the outside world. They didn't know who the president was, what day it was, or hardly nothing. Way back in the middle of nowhere. And Brother Norman was traveling back there. And he was going to preach the gospel to a village way down the river. And uh, on his way down to this village, there was a woman standing out there in the water down that river channel. He went by. She was just waving her hand, just frantically waving her hand. And he, as he passed by, he said, yeah, that woman, I thought she really needed something. Turn his boat around. Let me go see what she needed. So he went out there, went back, talked with her, and said, Ma'am, what is it, you, is it that you need? She said, Well, listen, brother. She said, I've been watching you pass my village for years, going down to preach the gospel down that way. 
She said, when are you going to come preach the gospel to us? We want to hear the gospel too. Norman said, wow. He said, I'll make you a promise on my way back. I'm going to come right back through here. I'm going to stop and preach the gospel to you. So he left there. and He was heading on down the river. And there was a man standing waist deep out there in the river. Same thing. He passed by. He said, turn the boat around. He turned around and went back to that man. That man said, he said, what do you need, sir? He said, I've been watching you go down this river for years. He said, when are you going to stop by and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to us? Amen. And he said, you know what? I never realized I was passing by people yes. that needed to hear the gospel. That's right. Now, here it is for us. They put that, them shoes on our feet. Yes. How many times every day do we pass by somebody? That ain't heard about Jesus. That's right. And we pass them by like it ain't nothing. Yeah. We shop by them. We work by them. We do all kind of things. And we we go into these restaurants and eat. And, and, and half of us go in there. And we won't even say our blessing in the public. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Man, that's one thing I'm going to do. I don't care who's watching. I'm going to say my blessing. And they're going to get to hear it. Because Jesus said be thankful. Amen. Amen. Don't ever be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's right, amen. amen. Don't ever be, if you if you need boldness, pray for boldness. That's right. Jesus will give it to you. Yes, so Norman, he came back and he preached the gospel to these people. I've had some uh, wonderful encounters on the mission field. And I was going to tell y'all a couple of them this morning before I have to hit the door. Is uh, by going and to all the world, when you get off the plane, you don't really know what all might transpire while you're there. Yes. But when we get off, get on the plane, and when we get off the plane, <clears throat> plane, we say these words, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Yes. The kingdom has arrived. That's what Jesus said when he came to the planet Earth, and he preached his first message. His first message was the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Yes. So when we, we get off, off the plane, we set our feet on the ground. The Bible said, Jesus said in the Old Testament, He said, every place the soles of your feet shall tread, I have given it unto you. Yes, amen. The Bible also says in the book of Psalms, it said, pray for the heathen for your inheritance and I'll give it to you. Yes. I pray for the heathens. Heathens right. and lost folks. Yes. I, that's what I want at my inheritance. Yes. I want to win some souls for yes. the king. Yes. I don't want to go to heaven all by myself. Right. I want to take somebody into heaven yes. with me. Yes. Do you want to take somebody with you? Yes. That's the key. Yes. Hallelujah. I had a vision a long time ago. And the Lord showed me something. He showed me a man walking through the pearly gates of heaven. I seen another person going single file, one at a time, through the gate. And then he showed me a long line of folks. And they were all holding hands. Yes. Chain. Chaining. Holding hands. And a long line. I mean a long one. And this guy was at the front. And he led that whole chain of people through that, through that pearly gate. Mm -hmm. And I said, Jesus, what does that mean? Yes. He said, Stacy, the first picture you've seen with people that went to heaven. And they went in by themselves. They never won one soul. While they was on the earth. Mm. They didn't take nobody into heaven with them. Mm. They said that other person was a soul winner. Yes. Hallelujah. When he went through the gate, he didn't go by himself. He took a whole lot of folk with him. Mm -hmm. 
I can imagine what Ron Hard Bunky's got laid up for him. Yeah. I can imagine what Billy Graham yeah. had lined up for him. Yeah. All the people, they took in to the kingdom of God yes. with them because they were not satisfied to just make it in by their sin. That's right. Hallelujah. you got to put some energy and some time yes. to win his soul. Yes. If you don't put no energy in it, you don't have no desire for it, they want nobody to get sold. But yeah, you can go to heaven all by yourself. But that ain't how I want to go. Right. I want to take somebody with me. Yes, I want to be like Noah. I want to take my family with me. Amen. Not only my family, I want to take some more families with yes, me. Yes, amen. 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 Church, we got to be focused on soul winning. Hallelujah. Right. We got to be focused on going into all the world. Yes, amen. Hallelujah. It ain't just about the American church, it's right. about the whole world. Jesus won't say. Yes. He wants every Russian say. He wants every China man say. Yes. He wants every ja uh, Jamaican say. Right. He wants all colors, all creeds, yes. every tribe. Yes. He wants them all into the kingdom of God. Woo, but we gotta tell it. We gotta yes. preach it. And you gotta get up and you gotta go. Yes. I ain't never seen nobody get saved sitting on a pew. That's right. Amen. Amen. Come on. And I, I'll tell you what, church. In America, we got a lot of pew sitters. Come on. Yes. Come on. I'm talking about pew sitters. That's right. And when you talk to them about going to win souls, you might as well be talking to them about going to the dentist and getting their wisdom teeth cut out. That's right. Because they ain't going. That's right. Come on. You know, I've been in, involved in the jail ministry for over 30 years. Mm -hmm. I, I can't even count on my hands and toes and probably can't even count that high. How many times I've asked people to go to the jail ministry with me mm -hmm. and preach or teach or testify to the men in prison and can't get nobody. Yeah. Very few people. Neil's been with me. The women. But very, Steve's been with me before. But it's like pulling teeth to get folks to go to the jail. Connie's going to the jail now. She had recruited three other people last week. I said, that's good. Yeah. You can't ever have enough. Get some good people working with you and keep them going. Yes. But I'll tell you, it's hard to get people to, to buy into yeah. winning souls. Yes. I'll tell you what, I'm glad somebody told me about Jesus. Yes, amen. amen. I didn't get saved unless somebody told me. That's right. Somebody told me about Jesus. Yes. And somebody told you about Jesus That's right. if you got saved. Amen. That's how it works down here. Yes. So, uh, anyhow. Through the years of ministering, I've seen some, I've seen witch doctors get saved in Thailand. Yeah. Through a miraculous miracle one night, the Lord healed this witch doctor's hands. And miraculously, when he healed him, that witch doctor accepted Jesus Christ and turned his life over to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Praise God. We've seen five witch doctors get saved in Thailand. Mm -hmm. That's by the supernatural power of the Holy Ghost right. and the preaching of the gospel yeah. that they have turned from demonic occultism, yes. animism, worship to serving the living Christ. Ooh, Amen. It takes the supernatural power. That's right. You don't ever load up and get on an airplane unless you've been anointed. That's Hallelujah. Right. Amen. And go preach the gospel. Amen. Yes. Amen. I told the Lord this morning, I said, Lord, I don't want to go nowhere without you and without your anointing. That's right. I don't want to go to Uganda today just to be going. I want you to stir up the gift Ooh, of the call of God on the inside of me. Yes, and I want to go make a difference in this lost and dying world. Yes, hallelujah. But we all got to buy into that. Yes. We all been called. 
We all been chosen to go do the work of the Lord. Hallelujah. You may not be a pastor. You may not be an apostle. You may not be an evangelist. But the Bible says you can do the work of an evangelist without being an evangelist. Amen. 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 You can tell somebody about Jesus. The lady at the well in John chapter 4, when Jesus met her and he told her all that she ever did, the Bible says she went back to her village and told them about Jesus and they all decided they would come and listen to this man for themselves. Yes. But she went, the Bible said, and testified. Yes. Hallelujah. Everybody in here got a testimony. That's right. If you ain't got a testimony, I got to wonder, have you ever saved? Ooh, yes. Really? Amen. If I asked you, when did you get saved? How did you get saved? You got to tell me your testimony. Yes. Well, I was at so-and-so. I went to so-and-so church. Yes. Or I got saved at home. Or somebody ministered to me on the street. Yes. But you got something to tell me. That's if you right. don't say, I don't know, I'll say, you ain't saved. Ooh. Amen. Really? Amen. True. If you ain't had no encounter. Yeah, come on. That's right. If you ain't got no fruit. That's right. I gotta wonder, did you ever get saved? Mm -hmm. And I hate to tell y'all, but there's a lot of folks sitting in church thinking they saved, they saved. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That ain't no condemnation. I'm gonna tell you the truth. Yeah. I had a little girl over in Myanmar preaching the gospel one day. And she came up to the altar and she was crying so, so much. She had cried for the last two days. The last day she came and I was praying for people. And this little this this girl, she was about probably about 18, 19 years old. Mm -hmm. And she just squalling, y'all. Genuine tears. Yeah. And I asked my interpreter, I said, ask her what's wrong with her. And he did, and he he looked back up and he says, he said, Pastor, she says she done heard about you talking about Jesus for the last two days. And she said, but she don't believe that Jesus will forgive her for her sins. Because she has sinned so much. Yes. I said, tell her, don't matter how big or how much her sins are. That's Jesus, right. the blood of Jesus has power to forgive her. Yes. All she needs to do is ask for forgiveness. Well, I found out later why she thought she didn't, she would never be able to be forgiven. Because she had sold her body to prostitute to eat food. And she's squalling. Her insides are tore up. She can't have no children. Her, she's got, she's contracted AIDS. She weighs 85 pounds soaking wet skin and bones. And she's just squalling. <coughs> but she accepted Jesus that day. Yes. And our team, we laid our hands on her for healing, to rebuke that condition of AIDS. Yes. We laid our hands on her, man. I mean, the Holy Spirit reached out and touched her. Sometimes you don't know what all took place till you come back again. Yes. So I go, I go to Thailand and Asia at least two, three times every year. I come back the next trip. And every time for, for 20 years, this young lady, if I have a meeting in her town, she always comes. She, and she lived way out. But she comes. She comes. And she will always listen to the word. You know what Jesus had done for her? This is how good Jesus is. That's right. He saved her. Yes. He forgave her. Hallelujah. He healed her. Amen. He set her free. Yes. Hallelujah. 
She didn't think a man would ever have anything to do with her. She got married. God. The doctor said you'll never be able to have a baby. She got pregnant. Mm -hmm. She gave a baby. Yes. She had a baby. Named him Moses. <laughs> and in her church, in her little village, she started teaching Sunday school. She started singing on the praise team. She sang so good, they said, will you take over the praise team? So she started leading praise and worship. And after a few years, they said, we don't have a pastor. Would you pastor us? Yes. I want you to know that is the transformation yes. and the love of God yes. that Amen. starts from somebody getting on a plane and going to tell somebody about Jesus. That's right. That didn't just happen or unfold because nobody went. That's right. you got to tell somebody. But you never know what that one person might turn out to be Amen. if That's you lead right. them to Jesus That's Christ. That's right. Amen. You never know. Yes. I remember a long time ago I did a sermon on the big is in the little. That's right. This man, this evangelist had set up a tent in this town. And they, maybe there were five or six hundred people there. The evangelist said he preached the most fiery anointed message he'd ever preached before in his whole life. And then when he gave the altar call, there was only five people out of 600 that came down to the altar to receive Jesus. He had them fill out uh, salvation cards. And at the end of the meeting, he, he grabbed them five cards and he was disappointed. Mm. I've got five people out of all these people come to accept Jesus. He said, Lord, I failed you somehow, but I thought I preached the best message I had ever preached. But the biggest and the little. That man didn't know what God had used him to do when he went to that town. On, out of one of those salvation cards, there was a name written on it. And the name was Billy Graham. Yes, yes. Hallelujah. So that man that didn't think he did well led a soul winner that God was going to use to save multitudes yes. of thousands and thousands. Ooh, hallelujah. But Amen. the big is in the little. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. We just did a crusade over in Cambodia a few months ago. And there was over a thousand people in attendance at that one crusade. And I'm talking about a crusade in a place they never had a crusade before. The people, probably 95% of the people that were there had never heard of Jesus before. Mm -hmm. But they came. Mm -hmm. And when they came, guess what? I preached the gospel of the kingdom. And when I gave the altar call, there was probably 300 that came to Christ that night. Mm -hmm. Because that did not, it didn't happen unless somebody gets up and goes. Y'all, right. we are a go-go we are a go-go church. Yes. We ain't no sit-sit church. And as long as you ever come here, I'm going to always encourage you, win somebody this week. Yes. Win somebody. Share Jesus with somebody. Yes. Testify to somebody. Larry Heard, there's they thousands of people you can win to the Lord yes. if you just tell them what Jesus has done for you. That's Amen. right. Amen. And you too, my sister. Okay. He brought both, brought both of you a long way. That's right. Amen. And the Lord's using you, Amanda. And the Lord's using you, Miss Louise, yes. at 90 years old. She's the best evangelist I got in the church. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm so proud of her. And if I'm proud of her, guess what Jesus is saying? Yes. yes. He's looking at all these folks down here. They ain't saying nothing. 
And he said, I've got a 90 year old lady down there in Madison that's winning <laughs> folks every week. You need a rebuff on us, Miss Louise. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Praise the Lord. You know, the Bible says that when one sinner yes. gets saved, that the Father and the, and the angels all rejoice. Yes. When one sinner gets saved, saving folks, Lord, I mean, we don't save nobody. No. We lead people to Christ. Christ. Yes. We don't save nobody. Bart used to tell me all the time, you save me. I've had other people say, you save me. I say, I have to stop them every time. I did not save you. That's right. Come on. I can't take that glory. I didn't save you. I'm not no savior. Jesus. All I did was preach the gospel. Yeah. I sowed the seed. The Holy Ghost touched your heart yeah. and he brought you into the kingdom. Right. Jesus is your Lord. He's your Savior. Yes. I'm just a messenger. Yes. Amen. Yes. That's all we are, messengers, y'all. Yes. But y'all keep telling folks about Jesus. Amen. This world is going to hell. It is. Unless somebody tells them about Jesus. Dr. Lester Sumrall, my spiritual father, had a vision a long time ago when, after the Lord called him. He didn't want to preach, but the Lord called him to preach. And the Lord showed him in a vision of, of people, multitudes of people, all color, tribe, nations. They were all walking straight toward the same place. The Bible said, wide is the road that leads to destruction. And narrow is the way that leads into the kingdom of God. He's seen multitudes of people. And they were walking. And they just kept walking. And they just kept falling off a cliff. And they were falling into hell. And as they were falling, they were screaming and hollering. He said he was just tortured by the screams and the hollers. And the horrific scene that was taking place. And the Lord said to him, he said, Lester, unless you preach the gospel, this is where people are going. Yes. Mm -hmm. Unless you preach the gospel, this is the, this is the direction that the world is headed into. Yes. So y'all, it's a big job. But it can be done. That's right. If it's one by one, two by two, yeah. or by the thousands, or by the hundreds, we still got to go win them. Amen. Amen. <laughs> You know, in soul winning, it's, it's really related to fishing. Mm -hmm. Jesus told Peter, he said, if you follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. In fishing, you can fish, you can go get you a cane pole mm -hmm. and a line and a cord and a hook. Mm -hmm. And you can put some bait on it and throw it out there. And whenever you catch, you catch one at a time. That's soul winning. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you go to work and you win. You might be ministering to them for three weeks, three years. But sooner or later, you win that one to the Lord. That's right. Through witnessing. That cane pole can only bring in one at a time. And then you've got nets that bring in bunches of fishes at one time. Yes. Peter and them used a lot of nets. Yes. And they, they, they caught such a, a, a great catch one time, put it in the boat, that the boat was going to sink. Mm -hmm. Such a great harvest of souls. Y'all... We got to, the net speaks of networking. Yes. Working together yes. for the kingdom of God to bring in a great catch. Yes. See that, that Cambodia trip? Thousand people at one, one crusade? 
That's a net catch. 300 at one time, that's a net. Yeah. And that's what God called us to do. One by one, or some may catch them by the net. But it's all for his glory and his honor, and his honor to bring them into the kingdom of the living God. Amen. And here's the other thing. And I'm going to finish with this. What you use for bait is important. Because yes. if you know anything about fishing, all fish don't bite the same bait. Nope. A fisherman usually brings a tackle box. Yes. And when they ain't hitting the top water, yeah. they change. Yeah. And they go to maybe a worm or whatever. But there's all kind of different beetle spin, worms, yeah. jigs, all kind of stuff out there. And each fish, they at certain times they bite this. Yes. So hallelujah. We gotta be we, we gotta be used in such a way that we ain't just fixed in, in one area. We got a tackle box. That's right. We know, hey, when I'm individually working on somebody, the Lord will show me what this guy gonna bite. Right. Yes. What this guy gonna yes. take. He'll show you. Yes. He and will. he'll teach you. Yes. And he'll train you if you'll just let him yes. to win souls. Amen. Ain't nothing greater in this world. Ain't a greater miracle than somebody getting born again. That's right, amen. amen. We gotta amen. be we gotta be soul winners. Yes. Y'all stand with me this morning. I gotta hit the door here in a little while. <laughs> I got a plane to catch. <clears throat> Praise God. If you watch him by you already shut it off? If you watch him uh, us today, this message on soul winning is to spark a fire in you to be a soul winner. Jesus needs you to go win the lost. The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Yes. Why don't you say what Isaiah said? Here I am, Lord. Send me. I'll go. I'll go win somebody tomorrow. You don't have to leave the country. You can go to your work. You can go to the ball field. Wherever you go, you just remember somebody needs Jesus out here. And you represent him. And you win somebody to the Lord. If you're watching and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, all you have to do is repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus died on the cross and he's already rose from the dead. If you'll accept him in your heart and confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. And Jesus will give you a life worth living. You never know what kind of adventure he can put you on. You might be the greatest soul winner there ever has been. But it ain't too late. Get started now. Jesus loves you. God bless you. And thank you for tuning in. Jesus is Lord. Amen. Amen.